Hello, TVBs. How's it going out there? I know it's been a while, but we're back. We are back, and oh my gosh, am I feeling like I'm in an oasis right now in your living room. Hell yeah. Um, this is surprisingly our first TVB's specific episode. Welcome to episode 11. It's the penultimate episode of season two. Um, and uh, it is also February 1st, 2022. So it's the start of uh, Black History Month. It is also Gung Hei Fa Choi, Year of the Tiger. So happy Lunar New Year to all of you yes. out there. Oh, happy day. I'm Ryan. And I am Gina, and obviously with this being our 11th episode, one plus one equals two, which is why we're coming in hot, bringing you a special podcast today featuring two shows that we've watched somewhat recently. Yeah, within the past six months. Within the past six months, and we are ready to bring it for you this evening or morning, whenever you choose to listen to us. So that's two shows in one TVB's episode. Uh, we're going to do White Lotus, Ooh. and we're also going to do Nine Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Uh, both- and spoil- spoiler alert for those that have watched one and maybe not the other, please like refrain from uh, listening to the latter half of the episode, or vice versa. Yeah, so like after we take our next break, we're going to cover White Lotus. After the next break, we're going to be covering Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, And we could totally post timestamps in the uh, episode (laughs) description so you know when to skip to or uh, what to skip. Yes, just don't screenshot receipts from us. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, spoiler alert, you're going to be getting a lot of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to be back, Ryan. I I mean, I know that we've done a few Bees Buzz episodes, but it feels good to be back at our core and doing yes. what we do. So much has happened with us since May that our listeners may or may not know about. You've been married. For the I fourth time. <laughs> for the fourth time. I feel like listeners are like, how many times <laughs> is she getting married? Don't worry, it's all been to the same man. <laughs> And I conducted uh, two of those weddings, maybe three. Two or three, yes. And um, this is big news. I feel like we have basically talked about every one of my weddings in the Buzz podcasts, but Ryan has gotten a new feline friend yeah. who is like such a special, precious baby in Ryan's life. And Ryan, I'm going to let you talk all about Flinny. Well... I, I'm really not sure if we talked about him in the last I don't think we does, did. But uh, I was craving a companion because I'm really enjoying being single, but I also really, really like taking care of people. Think, any, any type of noun I like taking care of. <laughs> um, and I went to the pound because I kept applying for these cats through the animal shelter and they would get adopted by the time that they would receive my response. So I went to the pound and I compiled a list of three animals and uh, three cats. And one of them I was determined to take home that day. The first two on my list, one of them hissed at me immediately (laughs) and was just a vapid ass So that was an immediate yes. That was an immediate (laughs) fuck no. (laughs) And then the second one, Apricot, 
who I was going to name Jetson because uh, of the red yes. hair, and I love Hanna-Barbera cartoons. It's actually one of my first loves of TV. Um, love that. And um, he was really tiny, and wasn't neutered so I was gonna have to go back and get him and um I sold my car several years ago uh so I didn't want to like have to uber 30 miles away again so I was like all right let's check out Fluffy and I was like is Fluffy even in his kennel and they're like (laughs) oh he's probably hiding and they got him from under the table or under the blanket and then he jumped onto the like table shelf that's like in the corner and he was like way in there he loves corners with coverings and I pet him a few times and then you know he kind of did like a little like type of thing at me but it wasn't like a full on angry hiss it was kind of more of like a you need to leave me alone and then a few minutes later I went back in and I pet him and I came back out and I said okay I'm taking him and they're are you sure you don't need more time I know that that's fine and they said are you going to keep his name Fluffy? I said, oh, hell no. And they said, oh, thank God. <laughs> and uh, so I... Yeah, where do they come up with these names? Like, they're well, so ridiculous. Well, you've seen him. He's, he's Fluffy. He's Fluffy. So, but ours were named, like, Tonka Truck and Hula Hoop. And I've yeah. seen some other ridiculous... Well, it's probably because they get so many strays, these shelters, that they just start getting high at work yeah. and just going through, like, random shit. Yeah, so I renamed... I renamed him Flint, middle name Stone, mm. so it's still a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, yes. and he's the color of Flint, and he is a tuxedo ragdoll mix. We have to post a photo. Yeah, he's really the cutest, he's really the sweetest, he's super shy, like, Because this is, like, the newest of new news. Hasn't had, like, too much interaction with him, because he's, I like, haven't. super shy, just, Except like... For the- the first and first second week. time that you came over, yeah. like, she was kind of, like, coaching me, because she's, like... A very uh, experienced cat owner and handler where this is my very first cat ever but we've actually turned out to have a great relationship it's, Ryan is like excelling I can yeah. say that like Flynn from the first week or so whenever I came over that first time Flynn was just scared to be in a new surrounding and place potentially from like prior trauma or just you know he's being placed into a new surrounding and he took comfort in a specific area of Ryan's kitchen. Which is underneath <laughs> the cabinet. I actually had to remove the molding of the cabinet of, like, a third of under the sink just so I knew that he wasn't going to, like, cut himself on nails. Like, I don't yeah. know how he found, like, this one loose board. Somehow but then he just hid in there. Um, but he was just looking for a place to hide. But And I couldn't find him for, what, like, two or three days at one point. But I knew that he was coming out because his food bowl would be empty. Yes. And I was just like, all right, well, he'll come out when he's ready. And then I couldn't find him one morning. And I have Gina on FaceTime. And uh, we're looking all over for him. And then all of a sudden I look up in a moment of desperation, like, oh, God, where are you? And then I see him on top of the refrigerator underneath <laughs> all of my, like, Trader Joe's reusable bags. But um, what I did is, I'm not sure if I told you this. I I know that I told you that he came from a home of hoarders, which I found out later. He was basically forced to go into a home. So I'm sure he was neglected. I'm sure he had PTSD. So that's why he knows how to hide under things. Yeah. But also, I didn't realize that the reason that he was so guarded about being touched was I didn't realize that he was neutered only two days before I brought him home. Wow. See, the things that they, like 
fail to mention to you. And, like, you have a volunteer helping you. Of course. Like, of course, he hadn't seen Flint since the week before. And didn't realize that he was just newly new. But, I mean, that is, like, such a big thing. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot to mention that you're also going to get his sister with yeah. With him. <laughs> like you. Yeah. And then, like, I get his medical report two weeks later, and it's like, oh, he was neutered on the 30th, and I brought him home on the, on the 2nd or 3rd. Oh, no wonder he wouldn't let me, like, pet him on, like, his lower back and only let me touch his face. But now, he, like, I hold him, like... A cabbage patch kid, like and I'm able baby. to like. He's, he's well. He's actually rather large because he's part ragdoll. He's over two feet long, excluding the tail, and he's about a foot tall. He's beautiful uh, on all fours, and beautiful coat, beautiful temperament, beautiful yellow eyes. He really looks like he's wearing a tuxedo, like a sports yeah. coat, <laughs> and like almost symmetrical patterns. But um, I have become a cat person. And it's honestly, like, so refreshing to see, like, Ryan with, like, a special friend. Like, someone that you can come home to at the end of a shit day. Especially right now during the current temperature of the world. To have a companion that basically doesn't talk or, like, tell you how... No, he's very vocal. They do tell you how they're feeling in all sorts of ways. He's very vocal. But... I guess it's like the least political friend you can have is an animal. (laughs) It is. Um, But he does enjoy watching TV with me. Like, Mm -hmm. he expects his attention from me, and, like, I'll give him his love, and, like, I'll play with his ball ball that wakes me up at 4 or 5 in the morning sometimes. It's one of those little, like, uh, practice golf balls that has a jingle jangle inside of it. Yes, we love those jingle jangles at 3 a.m. It keeps him (laughs) occupied, but... um, Sometimes if I'm like doing chores and like I'm or I'm I'm just trying to chill, I'll turn on like the fish on the TV, um, and he'll like, you know, hunt for fish that are on the screen, and like that keeps him occupied for a good hour. Oh or yes, so. cat TV for cat all of you TV. new pet owners over this pandemic. Actually, let us know after we post a photo of Flint. Let us know if you've also become a new kitty or puppy owner i don't know there's so many like friends of ours and just like friends on social media that we've seen get all sorts of animals like pregnant guinea pigs babies in their tummy real ones (laughs) um i think the weirdest thing i've seen is like a guinea pig not weird not weird but like different it's a unique Unique. kind of pet unique but like so my ex-fiance was Peruvian. Yeah. And that is one of the main things that they eat are guinea pigs. So they don't see them as pets. They see them as farm animals. Mm. In a like just yeah. another one of the family. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about Flint is like after I give him his time, he'll just be chilling on my lap or chilling next to me on the couch. And he'll see that I'm like looking at the TV and super fixated on it. And he'll just kind of gaze his direction in that way. And um, it was really funny. Trixie Mattel was doing her makeup. I was watching, like, one of her, like, makeup reviews where she, like, tries new makeup and, like, applies it and gives us a rating of it. And he was going after her brush. Because, like, <laughs> she was just, like, going back and forth on her cheeks. And he was going after it. And I was like, oh, damn. I have, like, I don't have any videos, but I yeah. have pictures of him, like, looking at her or, like, being, like, all up in her face. And I was like, this is hella funny. I love that. Go off. Um, next time you have to, like, record that. And that way you can send it to the real one herself. Because yes. I feel like she would definitely get a kick out of that. But yes, cat TV is amazing. If you want to get shit done, 
like chores in the morning or make coffee without being bothered, do some laundry, you know, maybe write in your journal without something on your lap. I uh, highly recommend cat TV. I'm sure there's things for, for pups as well. But, um, yeah, that's basically what's up with us. Uh, on to the main event. Oh, uh, we so are excited. covering two series, as we mentioned. And what we like to do is we like to uh, at least introduce you to the Wikipedia summary. That way, if you haven't heard of either show... Um, you can just hear the summary and then skip to part four. <laughs> uh, but Gina, our um, house... Our house Wikipedia our woman. Our house Wikipedia <laughs> fact checker. You uh, know I love my fact check, but for these two shows, I'm kind of like YOLO. Yeah. Because they are somewhat so similar and different, I'm like, we don't need too many fact checks, except for, we'll start with our Wikipedia, because... That's just something we always do. It's just a vague fact. Yes. So, uh, White Lotus. Let's just start there. White Lotus is an American satirical comedy drama television series created, written, and directed by Mike White that premiered on HBO Max on July 11th, 2021. Whew, that was quite some time ago, it feels like. Yeah, that's what, uh, six, six and a half months ago? It feels like yesterday because of what we're going through right now with the pandemic, but thank you, White Lotus, for being dropped into our laps. The series was greenlit in October of 2020, filmed in Hawaii in late 2020, and features an ensemble cast including, so there's tons of actors in this, but I just want to highlight Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria, one of our all-time favorites. Um, Also, she has the best boobs. Like, literally, amazing banging body. And we just found that out. Beautiful breasts. What, two nights ago or nine days ago? Whichever episode. And she's also in this um, really interesting, uh, like, murder mystery movie on Amazon Prime. It's like a French-inspired film. Anyways, and like, she shows her full rock as well in that movie, too. So, love her to death. Molly Shannon, Jennifer Coolidge, Connie Britton, just to name a few. Um, The first season consists of six episodes, so it's super short and definitely doable. Once you watch the first episode, you're going to be like, hot damn, uh, give me more. Yeah. Um, It concerns the lives of the staff and guests at a tropical resort in Hawaii. Following its critical acclaim and viewership numbers, the show is renewed as an anthology series, which will tell the story of a different group of travelers during their stay at another White Lotus property. Oh, that's super exciting. That's really exciting. But also, I wish it was... Like the same group, but well, Ish. it can't be for a few for reasons a few reasons, we'll which we into. won't spoil right but now. But I do want to like bring up two things that made yeah. me think, like about you mentioning that, even though it's six episodes, you can't really just have all six episodes on and have it be like something in the background. Like yes, commit you, to six hours you have of your to day, commit. and but it's something that's easily bingeable in a day. Also. Um, when you were talking about the actors that are in it, there are several crossovers from mm-hmm. things that we've uh, yes, covered in the totally. past. So Connie Britton and Alexandra Daddario were both in American Horror Story, and then Sydney Sweeney and um, a recurring character Lucas Gage, who's a staffer at the White Lotus, plays a staffer at the White Lotus. They're both in Euphoria. Yes. 
Ah, uh, euphoria. We'll have to discuss that another time. Again. Again. After season two. It's like, back, yeah, finally. It's and we're back, so excited. So um, all right. So that's White Lotus. That is White Lotus. And since we're doing our double feature, Nine Perfect Strangers is an American drama streaming television miniseries based on the 2018 novel of the same name by Leanne Moriarty. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, So this series premiered on August 18th, 2021 on Hulu. Uh, premise is nine perfect strangers from the city gather for a 10-day retreat at Tranquillum House, a health and wellness resort in the fictional town of Cabrillo, California, which honestly is like, to me, it seems like Malibu. A little bit, yeah. Um, or what Malibu is... Imagined as. Exactly. Promises to transform and heal the guests who stay there. The resort is not what it seems to be, and the guests are about to discover many secrets about each other and the resort's host. So the HBIC. Yeah. Um, which is... Played by Nicole Kidman. Yes. Uh, oh, my gosh. I think we've two series starring her just this season. She's had quite a big, well... Television two, crossover. Two, three years. What was um, the other one that she was in that you liked? Uh, that was also on HBO. On HBO. Was it Mayor of Easttown? No. 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 Oh my um, gosh, we um, talked. Oh, hold on. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, but also uh, The Undoing. Yes. Oh my gosh, and Being the Ricardos. Oh, wow! Amazing, amazing movie. If you love, uh, if you love Lucille Ball and Nicole Kidman, wonderful movie. Yes. Gina and I have been doing this thing recently where we uh, don't get together to watch a show, but we'll. I'll pour a cocktail, she'll pour a glass of wine, uh, and we will FaceTime each other on silent, and we will watch something together, and periodically just look down and (laughs) see what each other's reactions are. It's so great. Or sometimes either one of us are like, hold on, pause really quick. What just happened? Yeah, and sometimes, (laughs) like, we usually are pretty spot on with our timing, but there are moments where... Like, Ryan will be ahead of me, or vice versa, and Ryan's face will be like, oh my gosh! And in my mind, I'm like, oh, so this person's definitely going to die if I'm, like, a few minutes or seconds behind. Um, but then I feel like sometimes you just, like, do that, and I, you're not really, like, saying, oh my gosh, it's really just a yawn, <laughs> because you're on mute. <clears throat> Anyways, I just looked up Nicole Kidman because I wanted to make sure that I had the undoing name right. Guess how old Nicole Kidman is. Mm. I know she's older than 50. I'm not sure if she's older than 60. I'm going to say, like, 54? 54. She's 54? Yes. Oh, I got that. And I think you already knew this, and we discussed this during the undoing, but she was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, that's right. Which I love for our crossover podcast. Yeah. And shout out to my family that are still in Hawaii on the great island of Kauai. Oh, a shout out. Honolulu. Um, Speaking of Hawaii, whenever I go there, it's basically me sitting on the beach, snorkeling, and having my ties at the swim up bar at the Marriott in Poipu. So we're going to, in true TVB's fashion, have a cocktail. I have. Um, something very simple, but something very refreshing because I wanted it to resemble the water and purity. Mm. So we have, um, we have lemon flavored vodka with berry 
flavored soda water. It's a equal distribution, but because uh, of both liquids, but because of the fireworks that are in White Lotus, we have glowing ice bulbs. Love it. They switch colors. I actually got these at California Adventure. Interesting. At, in, at Disneyland, like. Uh, We'd love them to sponsor a podcast. Five, six years ago, and the light is still going. And I use these several times a year for special occasions. I wash them, of course. They're reusable. It really looks like we are in Tranquillum, but also we're at the after party. Hell yeah. (laughs) So um, we choose a buzzword every single uh, episode, and whatever you're drinking, whether it's tea... Whether it's coffee, whether, whether it's, it's your water, tranquilum water, or your tranquilum water, uh, whenever we say this word intentionally or unintentionally, you're going to take a sip of whatever you're having, and we are going to play a little podcast drinking game called Buzzword. Okay. So Gina wrote three words. I wrote three words down. We put them in our bees box. And um, also for this section, if you do have an alcoholic beverage of choice, congratulations for making it through dry January. It is now February 1st. Congrats yeah. to you. Oh, I'm so excited. What's gonna going to get us I'm going to pin this on our, bit, on our Bees Buzz bulletin board. And Gina's going to tell us what the word is. Oh, wow. So every time one of us says resort... We have to resort to our glass. That's two sips, fellas. And, well, sorry, everybody. Hoo-wee! I'm feeling good already. How are you feeling? Amazing. I always feel amazing when I'm with you. Ah, uh, when I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we cut to our first commercial break, I love this part of the podcast because I feel like this is going to be even better with two shows. Three words that best describe the shows that we're discussing for each of us. And we can kind of just, like, do a quick little rapid fire. Yeah. Rapid fire. One sentence as to why. Yes. So, uh, colorful. For White Lotus, Nine Perfect Strangers, it's um, literally no lie that both of these shows take place in very colorful, beautiful um, depictions of what peace, health, wellness, and a resort type (laughs) vacation should look like, or quote, unquote, should look like. But as each of these shows start, it's painting this beautiful picture that is very colorful. And uh, as like the episodes continue in both of these shows, everything is enhanced for certain reasons, as we'll discuss later. Especially for Nine Perfect Strangers, but everything is just so colorful and beautiful. Um, Quirky, because both of these shows, yes, they have, like, serious tones, but, like, these characters are quirky. They're, I wouldn't say, like, hilarious, but the the shows are quirky. Their writing is just a little bit, like, off. Yeah. It's, but in a good way. Um, and a lot of the humor is not, like, I'm not laughing out loud, like, oh my gosh, I'm, like, peeled over. I'm, like, giggling. Because yeah. it's, it's quirky. 
Um, I wouldn't say it's hilarious, but it makes like satirical, just like the Wikipedia summary said. And dark, these these shows are pretty dark. Like the root yeah. of both of these shows um, have some pretty pretty dark tones um, mixed with some quirkiness and some uh, colorful bits. But overall, I think they try to offset the darkness with a lot of light if you will. Yeah. Um, which makes it overall... I Each would, show takes the piss out of its own Yeah, like the core. scent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The piss scent out of... The shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so colorful, quirky, and dark. I love those. High yeah. five. I... And also, good job making colorful a run-on sentence. <laughs> like, colorful because it's quirky because it's dark. <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh, colorful and dark. Fun. Oh, those <laughs> are beautiful. I love uh, that. That's an oxymoron. Yes. Wow. We wow. did not play on that. Okay, right. What about you? Um, I find both of these shows to be bizarre. Totally. In the sense that you are looking to go on this resort trip of luxury. Oh, wow, he's out here. I know. <laughs> this resort trip of luxury in order to uh, either relax or go celebrate or find inner peace. But at the end of the day, they are done in such bizarre ways that you don't really know if anybody is actually stable by the end of it. <laughs> yes. Or throughout the entire show. Also. <laughs> or series. My, uh, that leads into my second word, which is extreme. Everything is so extreme because no matter what anybody goes through emotionally, physically, as a reaction, as the reason that they came to either location, it's all very extreme, as well as the acting, scripting, and uh, locale mm-hmm. of the set. Yes. Which brings me to my third word, which is resolving. Everybody has a resolved character arc. Mm. Everybody has resolved what they've gone through. Whether it's through death, experiencing death, experiencing uh, acceptance, experiencing uh recovery everybody has resolved something by the end of this and these two shows pair so hand in hand that all six of those keywords between you and i Hmm. relate to both so so well so oh right it's almost like for your words just looking at them like you go these characters are going through such bizarre and extreme Situations that they end at a resolve. Yeah. <sighs> we didn't plan that either. <laughs> we didn't plan that. Like literally, we we sit here and we only we only game plan for about thirty minutes after I make the outline and yeah. I just let us fill in the blanks and then we go from there. So you're experiencing rawness at our core. So welcome to our resort and we will see you after the break. Cheers, bees. Give your lips the pucker power they deserve with the new Lip Oil Tinted Lip Serums and Hydrating Lip Serum. Made with conditioning ingredients including crave-worthy coconut and uh, jojoba oils, your pout will love the silky feel and addictive hydration. Available in dragon fruit, lychee, and strawberry shades. 
Right now I'm licking my lips to the lychee flavor and I feel like I'm sipping a martini on the sandy beaches of the White Lotus Resort. Thank you, Arbonne. What, what's the company called? Arbonne. And where can we find you? On uh, the link tree in our bio. Thank you for that. That was absolutely amazing. Gina is an Arbonne representative, and I feel like district you manager. Could, oh, she's a district <laughs> manager. Excuse me. Um, and I feel like these products will make you feel just like you're on the White Lotus Resort because they actually do make you feel like a brand new person. And uh, I feel like these would easily be uh, purchased by. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge's character, oh which is gosh. named Tanya McCoy, yes. while she's at the day spa. Um, let's talk about this show a little bit. Because we're talking about shit that they don't even know about. I know, and also, like, Jennifer Coolidge's lips are so beautiful mm -hmm. that that pucker could only be enhanced by this hydrating lip serum from Armand. Uh, so, specifically the lychee shade. Specifically the lychee shade. Yes, thank you. Anyways... Brian, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. So basically, uh, White Lotus follows all of these people that are checking into the White Lotus Hotel and Resort that are uh, going through different stages of life. Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya McCoy, they are going through the loss of their mother and are traveling with uh, her <laughs> ashes in order to spread her at sea in Hawaii. Uh, we have uh, Armand and his staff that are... He's the HBIC, or the yeah. host, as Wikipedia calls him. Yeah, as Wikipedia says, he's the manager of the White Lotus Resort and a recovering, recovering drug addict who has been, quote-unquote, clean for five years. We also have uh, Connie Britton, who brings um, uh, her husband Mark, as well as... Uh, their son Quinn and their daughter uh, Olivia to the resort with them to just have like family time and then you have um, this newlywed couple played by uh, Alexandra Daddario and Jake Lacey their characters names are Rachel and Shane and uh, she has a beautiful body as well, I will say. <laughs> she has a very beautiful body. He has a... They both have beautiful faces, and she's kind of like a bride that is questioning if she wants to live the wealthy lifestyle of her husband based on things that he does. In this uh, series, one of, like, the main plot points of them is that they were supposed to be given the pineapple suite, but they were giving a... I think it's called, like, the Palm Suite or something yeah, like something that. something of a lower degree. Like, by lower degree, I mean less expensive. Uh, that was booked by their mother, who's played by Molly <laughs> Shannon, and her name is Kitty, and any character named Kitty, I'm so just fitting. like, you're either dumb or fucked up. Yes. Um, and... <laughs> Kitty comes to actually visit them, see how it's going, and then it becomes this whole thing, why aren't you in the Pineapple Suite? And... They eventually get sent to the pineapple suite later in the series, and it turns out to be... It looks like they're in a full bed, which is what I have, and I don't mind it being single. It, the cat doesn't take up too much room. Yeah. And uh, 
the Palm Suite is just so much luxurious. It actually has a view. It has a better decor. And it's like this man is just wanting to have what his mother wants for him, which is the most expensive thing in the entire world. And then we have uh, uh, Olivia bringing her friend Paula, who is, they're both on like uppers, downers, and candy corns. And, uh, which is how, like, I feel like the series goes. It's yeah. Like up and down, and you're on this, like, roller coaster ride of almost, like, white privilege characters. Exactly. Um, set in Hawaii, and there's so many, like, themes that come to play, but white privilege is for sure, like, yeah. at the, like, focal point. And then you have a staff of characters. Who uh, <laughs> who includes a uh, I forget her name, but she's the massage therapist that oh, uh, Tanya absolutely falls in love with. Like Tanya is going through all of this grief with losing her mother and is so lonely and thought she lost the ashes within like the first two Belinda. minutes of meeting her. Belinda, Belinda, uh, Belinda is a good character. She's one of the best. And one like, of the like most wholehearted characters I think mm-hmm. actually in the cast and Tanya is like oh I want you to open up your own spa I will fund it and Tanya sees it as a way of entering into a relationship but every single date that they have Belinda's just kind of like oh let's see what happens um, and then you have uh, Dylan who's a staffer at the White Lotus who will do anything for his job you also have Kai, who will also do anything for his job, but also is hooking up with uh, Paula. And, you know, as I said, they're both addicted to drugs. And I think one of the most interesting slash why did you do that scenes is when they find out that, uh, well, when Armand finds out that they have a bunch of drugs, he sends Kai in with the passcode to the safe so he could take all of the all of the jewelry and then also take all of the drugs while he's at it and leading armand to go through a series of unfortunate events um (laughs) and then you have uh like a, a waiter and a guest that interacts with various customers like uh greg connects with Tanya because he's like next door but sees it as a hookup but Tanya's so fucked up because of the loss of her mother uh, she sees it as something that could actually be something that makes her time on the resort worthwhile oh I see what you did there I know I'm a little B <laughs> but every single character is really fucked up in their own way except for Rachel which is the newlywed bride. Like, I feel like she doesn't really have anything going on with her except for the fact that she's kind of like, how am I the only person here that is normal? And normal is a construct, tear it apart, but she kind of is the most normal one, but she doesn't really say it. She's just kind of like, what is wrong with all of you guys? But she still, at the end, goes back to basics. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Ryan hit the nail on the head. All of these characters are coming to the White Lotus to either escape something, to be free of something, or to just, like, literally have a nice vacation. And 
they go through a series, as like Ryan said, of unfortunate events, some of them. Um, and at the end, you really see like who powered through those series of unfortunate events, either to their own downfall or who came out on top, which I will say, Quinn, God bless you. He, I think Quinn is the like hero yeah, of this first series. He's the protagonist until like the last episode. He, who would have thought that Quinn... Or the antagonist until yes, then. Yes. Yeah. Who would have thought that Quinn literally would have been the most powerful character in those last few seconds? Spoiler yeah. alert. But if you're a White Lotus fan, please let me know if Quinn, oh. ha- like, just grabbed your heartstrings. And speaking of the last few seconds, within the first few minutes of the entire show, he's sitting at an airport by himself saying that he was on his honeymoon, but now he's back, uh, going back home because there was a death and they all had to leave prematurely, and there's Mm. a dead person on the plane, but you do not know who that dead person is until the last several minutes of the series, of the six episodes. And it's definitely a moment of, like, (gasps) Mm. rather than the undoing. It wasn't like the undoing, no. Yeah, where we literally find out that... It's something that we knew all along. Mm-hmm. So I say stick with White Lotus if you only watch the first episode because you think you know who that body is from um, because you will be pleasantly surprised. And also like the family, uh, Nicole, Olivia, Quinn, and Mark, uh, they don't realize that the dad could potentially be going through cancer, but he's not sure because he doesn't have the diagnosis yet. But his, his balls, balls are, are swollen. Yeah, his bar- balls are enlarged, which is great. <laughs> um, aside from what I had to say about the show, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I think overall, like, it's just super interesting to see the dynamics of all of these different relationships. From We've all been to probably Hawaii... Or somewhere like Hawaii with our family growing up. Um, or some sort of resort or a tropical getaway or location where we're like, like the daughter, um, what's her name? Olivia. Yes. Played by Sydney Sweetney. Yeah. So like Olivia, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed to be around my parents. But only to find out like the inner workings of what happens when the quote unquote kids leave the parents. It's like they're doing it drugs and they're one of the friend is like hooking up with the guy from the luau that works at the hotel and that's the reason why he even broke into the hotel because she told him that there's all this jewelry and all these drugs yeah within the suite. so it's like a spiraling story of like subplots i feel yeah but it's so good and then you have yeah like the newlyweds and then you have like all these other like just like characters that are so fascinating and interesting of why they're at the White Lotus. And every single character and storyline intertwines. Yes! So, like, it's actually, like, really hard to condense this into, like, a 20-minute segment, but every single point that we've made is, like, the basic zhuzh or uh, yeah. is the basic is the basic uh, not judge like we're not trying to judge them up it's the basic it's the basic it's like the outline of, outline of these character storylines yes and i guess that only leads to our top 3 highlights yes of white lotus because it 
is a short series, but so, like, powerful Mm -hmm. and, like, prolific in a sense. It's condensed. There's no filler scenes. Yeah. Um, Okay, so quickly, my first is Armand, so the HBIC in charge, pooping. So this scene happens, and spoiler alert if you're not quite done yet, but Armand and the character of Jake who is, like, Mr. White Privilege. He's on his honeymoon. He's the one that wanted... Shane, played by Jake. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Shane. Um, He wanted this pineapple sweet, blah, blah, blah. He is all about, like, impressing others and always being on top and seen as number one. And he just has this ongoing, just, like, quarrel with Armand. They're two just, like, powerful men, I would say. Um, who want to be, like, that man in charge, like, the top man on campus, because he probably was top of his class, talking about Shane, and Armand is used to being, like, Mr. White Lotus, you know? Like, they're both used to being these powerful players, and they're just combative the entire series, until a moment when Armand is on all sorts of things, tic-tac and toe, and he basically, like, breaks into Shane's room and poops in his luggage. And it is, like, such an amazing moment, um, which leads to an even more, like, amazing moment, which I won't go into now. But seeing any, like, live shit on camera, like, when was the last time you actually saw someone shit on camera ever? Like, a legit, like, perfectly placed poop on a piece of luggage or really anything so there is a movie that's not a porno (laughs) there is a movie called pink flamingos starring one of like the most uh uh, one of the first mainstream drag queens named divine yeah and uh her character that entire movie describes herself as the queen of filth oh wow and uh at the end of the movie a dog shits and she eats the dog shit. What you don't realize is that they actually followed this dog around on camera for hours waiting for it to shit for her to eat its actual shit. And she knew that she was eating. Oh, yeah. Mm. That is really wild. And I don't want to do a side-by-side comparison of these poops. No, we're not going to post these poops. that is wild. Um, Okay, so moving on. um, My next highlight is and I think this is one of yours too right mm-hmm. so I'll just like touch on it very quickly but uh, Jennifer Coolidge's character Tanya with her mom's ass- ashes basically like everywhere she goes she's walking around with a fucking basically she's lugging these ashes everywhere mm-hmm. in White Lotus the whole point of the trip yes and it's just so comical because she's an amazing actress she's so freaking funny but She's trying to, like, get rid of her mother's ashes, but it's almost as though, like, she just can't part with them or can't, like, get to that part of her life just yet. Like, she's having some issues um, releasing, if you will, which I guess Armand had no trouble in doing. But the scene on this boat trip is absolute perfection. The way it was filmed... The entire direction of the scene in general. And all we're supposed to do is watch her dump these ashes. But she just 
like can't do it and she's prolonging this and it's hilarious and it's actually on what's supposed to be a romantic cruise for the honeymoon couple and I'll let Ryan go into that a little bit because that's I think one of his highlights as well and the last is the father and son scuba diving in the pool at various like scenes in the series so the father and son are just like ridiculous together I feel like the father is just like on this like loophole the entire time he's like just out there and him and his son are just scuba diving in a pool and it's hilarious to me because it's like so absurd and funny if you were to just walk by the pool and this father and son are just like practicing scuba diving in a pool but it was really like their only moment to bond you know like underwater without having to like actually speak to each other about really anything meaningful outside of the water. Yeah. Like, all of their conversations at the bar and in the hotel room and basically any other, like, scene in the show are, like, basically pointless because they don't understand each other at all. And you see that in the last few, like, seconds of the last episode. But them just scuba diving in the pool is so, like, picturesque, and I love it so much. So those are my top highlights. I actually love how both of our highlights actually complement each other Mm. uh, because with your pooping highlight, one of my highlights is Armand eating out the ass of Dylan. Oh my gosh. Spoiler. Which (laughs) happens at a point where, uh, uh, not Quinn, his name is Shane, mm-hmm. is looking for anything to get on Armand so that he can get that pineapple room. And then all of a sudden he's like, where is he? Where is he? And then he walks into the office like, no, I know he's still here. He walks into the office and he's eating out his employee's ass and they are both like high on all of the stolen drugs. All of them. And it's just kind of like a, I got you moment. And it's not the last time I'm going to get you either. No, but it's definitely like a... (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. And it's a scene that lasts for five seconds, but I feel like it's one of the most memorable scenes of the series. Definitely. Another memorable scene is, um, as you were saying, with the ashes. Yes. It's the funeral for me, which happens on that (laughs) quote-unquote love boat. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically she's like, Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya, is going on and on about how horrible her mother was, how she was an unfit mother, but she can't let go of her, and is screaming out in, like, this guttural scream, like, Mother! Mom! Mom! Oh, God, I can't do this! And it's not sad, it's like... It's, it's... (laughs) It's it's pure... It's what you'd expect from Jennifer Coolidge. Exactly. It's the bend and snap of tragedy. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, this whole scene was just something that you have to witness to truly understand the absurdity of it because not only are these people trying to have a honeymoon... But then there's also this woman who decides to invite herself in or- order to, I believe she invited herself. Yes. To uh, spread these ashes. And did she do it? Did she not do it? Viewers, comment below and tell us 
if she did or did not after you watched it. Yeah, because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. We watched it so long ago. But um, another highlight of mine also compliments the Mark and Quinn scuba diving in the pool because uh, every single mm-hmm. time that it went into Quinn's psyche, which is my last highlight, yeah, it uh, he thought that he was actually in the pool and it was like this beautiful euphoric scene that was full of just underwater tropical visions and tribal things and then he would come up to surface and it's like oh you're just in a pool but no you're just masturbating in your (laughs) chair (laughs) but then Quinn ends up staying on the island because he finds these uh uh imagine a god I forget what it's called in Polynesian Mm. culture but uh, and I'm 10% Polynesian, so I should know this, but uh, those long gondolas, pagodas, I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, but where they're all rowing together, and he befriends them, and then he becomes a part of the team, and uh, I feel like that's one of the things that made this character the most resolving to me, because he wanted to... He wanted to find his place because he didn't belong in his family but he found his place somewhere that he was forced to be in and made do with what he did and overcame his open water fears and yes I think he because he didn't he wasn't he did struggle to be there but through him struggling in a way where he was kind of just like outcasted from his family um because every night he basically slept by the ocean because his sister was a complete B mm-hmm. and was like, no, gross. You and Olivia and Paula were like, no, we're not going to share the living room with you. Yeah. But so also, oh, they made him sleep in the laundry room. The laundry room. And then something happened with the laundry room. And then he was on basically like, screw it. I'm just going to go sleep by the sea. And he that's where he found to, his new family. And he came into his own. Yeah. And uh, so those are my three highlights. And I, you know, that just goes to show why Gina and I do this, because we uh, don't look at each other's highlights. Yes. We only look at them afterwards when we compile everything together. Yes. And they are all relating to... I know, it's so wild. To ass. To ass. Open water <laughs> and ashes. And boat. Boats and hose, baby. Boats and hose, baby. <laughs> Uh, so next what we're going to do and we'll go ahead and put this on our link tree is we're going to go ahead and take a quiz to see which uh, White Lotus White Lotus character we are. Speaking of boats and hose. Um, so we're going to pick a destination. Basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys about 10 seconds to head to our Instagram, open up the link tree and uh, find the post entitled uh white lotus quiz 10 9 8 7 6 Resort! 5 4 <laughs> 3 2 1 I'm going to go ahead and read off each question to you guys you play along with us pick a destination Paris San Francisco Reykjavik Iceland, the Hamptons, Thailand, New Zealand, New York City, or Fiji. 
I'm going to pick the Hamptons. I'm going to pick New Zealand. What are you drinking on the plane? Vodka soda, whiskey, just water, sex on the beach, champagne, dry martini, margarita, or wet red wine. I'm going to choose a vodka soda. I'm going to go with red wine because that makes the most sense for the flights that we've been on. <laughs> for sure. Who do you bring on the trip with you? No one because you'll be working. Your bestie. It's a solo trip. Someone that you met in the bar last night. A hookup. A significant other. It's your honeymoon or a big group of friends. I'm just going to choose my bestie. I'm going to say it's my honeymoon. There you go. I'm trying to craft this answer. (laughs) (laughs) What do you pack? Planned outfits for every day. A carry-on only. Party favors. Mm. Wink, wink. A good book. My laptop. A fancy camera. A swimsuit collection. Or not much, just a bunch of cash. Oh, wow. Honestly, I'm the type to bring just a backpack and a carry-on only. And... Whatever I don't have, I'll fill in the blanks. I will probably say planned outfits for every day. Pick an activity. Whale watching, golf, spa day, hiking, sunbathing, wine tasting, clubbing, or shopping. I'm I'm going to say a spa day. I'm going to say hiking. I also really wanted to say wine tasting. (laughs) I know you don't like being touched, and I know that I don't like doing physical activity, so we'll plan those on the same day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll see you back for happy hour. So after happy hour at 9 a.m., at 11 (laughs) a.m., we're going to have breakfast in bed. (laughs) What are we going to order? Is it a parfait? Is it a breakfast sandwich? Is it mimosas? Is it an acai bowl? Is it eggs and bacon? Are they banana crepes? A grapefruit or blueberry pancakes. I'm going to say mimosas. I'm going to say mimosas also. Let's be real. Because we are at a resort. We are at a resort is right. And then we have to have lunch after that. Um, Is it going to be a Cobb salad, sushi, mac and cheese, shrimp tacos, a lobster roll, caprese salad, fish and chips, or a bacon cheeseburger? I'm Mm. probably going to choose fish and chips. I'm probably going to do shrimp tacos. Work. And we can share. Because they're like the same, but not (laughs) the same. (laughs) And then we're going to have drinks before dinner. I want to know what your choice Mm. is. Is it going to be soda? A daiquiri? A Cosmo, a Manhattan, a Pina Colada, an Old Fashioned, a Green Tea Shot, or a Long Island Iced Tea. I'm going to go for a Long Island Iced Tea. I'm going to go for a Pina. There you go. I just can't do cream with alcohol. Mm. Mm, No. And then finally, what is for dinner? Linguine with clams, a filet mignon, spaghetti carbonara, mahi-mahi tacos with a mango salsa, Mediterranean shrimp kebabs, a Caesar salad, a pan-seared salmon, or a pizza. I love how, like, specific these are. I'm going to go with spaghetti carbonara because that's, like, my favorite meal of all time. Yum. I'm going to go with pizza because same. (laughs) So, I got Tanya. Same! You got Tanya, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It must be this hydrating lip serum by (laughs) Arbonne. Only in lychee shade. Um... (laughs) 
Tanya says that you may have a flair for the dramatic and tend to over-romanticize things, but underneath it all, you're one big softy. Treat yourself to a massage when life gets tough. Totes. Well, we will you see you. <laughs> you heard it here first, and we will see you after this uh, beautiful commercial from me, sponsored by Pink Zebra. And then after the commercial break, we will see you to recap Nine Perfect Strangers. A whole nother resort. Cheers. Cheers, B. Hey, G. Yeah? Have you heard of Pink Zebra? No. Well, let me introduce you to a brand that is specifically designed to make a scent lasting impression in your life. A little scent might be the beginning to a great journey. With 70 different scents, you're able to build a scent that is custom to your vibe. You can create an environment to suit your home, personal workspace, or traveling vessel that is innately you. From scented wax pellets and melters to reeds and environment hangers, plus many essential accessories ranging from seasonal to personal aesthetics, Pink Zebra has got you and so do I. Let me expand your sense of sense. Link in bio at TVB's podcast and Rude Ryan on Instagram. Let's entice your senses. And we are back. Talking about Nine Perfect Strangers. Gina, why don't you tell us a little bit about the show? I would love to. And uh, by the way, I feel like that commercial was the perfect segue into the show because I was lured into all of the scents that you were giving me. And that is somewhat like how our next HBIC, Nicole Kidman, whose name in the show is Masha. And by the way, one of my buzzwords is going to be Masha, Masha, Masha. (laughs) But that wasn't chosen. So anyways, um, a little bit about Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, Mind you, there is a novel, like we discussed in the beginning, Wikipedia analysis of Nine Perfect Strangers. And I actually have the book, and I have not fully read it yet so um, I can report back after I do so and see like if there's any changes in the actual series adaptation from the book but overall Nine Perfect Strangers follows a group of people who go to a mysterious wellness retreat to heal from their personal demons and everyone has their own conflictions everyone is coming to Tranquillum House which is what this mysterious wellness retreat is called with some sort of issue and it's only until like we start to unravel each one of these characters which we can go into that we really see how effed up and messed up humans are like the entire human existence like we may look beautiful or try to be perfect but we're all a bit broken in different ways and I really feel like Nine Perfect Strangers is the perfect like identifier of We're not perfect people. And we all think that going to a wellness retreat might heal us in different ways or make us better in different ways. And I think overall, like at the end of the series, or at least this first series, I feel like 
everyone somewhat comes out, like you said, Rai, resolved in a way. Um, but it also explores what we think health and wellness should be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, with that being said, the whole entire cast, these characters learn that they're being drugged as part of an experimental treatment plan. Like dosed with acid or LSD or something like that. Acid, LSD, I think um, a bunch of other party drugs are used as well. Um, like Molly for at least, like, the younger couple. But... The cast of characters, like, honestly, like, I I feel like we've seen a lot of these characters and other things before, but Melissa McCarthy, which I believe she had, like, some, she was either the director or, like, the had Executive producer. She, like, read the right? book and wanted it to become something. Yeah. So she, overall, her character, she's a novelist struggling with her professional and personal life. And when she gets high, it is so amazing. Like, all of these characters, watching them, like, unknowingly drink these, quote-unquote, quote, smoothies or, like, green drinks or elixirs, thinking that they're, like, literally putting something good in their body, which is what Masha thought they were doing. Like, you're going to purify your demons and you're going to basically look the evil that you're experiencing head-on in the face conquer it and that's the only way that you can get to the other side i feel is what masha thought by putting these characters not just like you know microdosing them with different drugs but she also put them in really interesting like devilish and like really like truth or dare type experiments to make them feel uncomfortable to make them feel like they're having an out-of-body experience and also to, like, make them, like, greet death in a way. Um, She, like, basically, like, buried them alive. Um, In the end, spoiler alert, there's a scene where, like, everyone is trapped in that one room and they think they're being gassed and they're, like, literally going to die. And they think that Masha is, like, trying to kill them when really it was just another, like, experiment. To get them to confront, well, what if you did die tomorrow? What would you, what would you want to do or say? Or how would you want to live? And I think that's like such a, I mean, Masha, it can be seen in so many different ways. And we can talk about that. And like her experimental, like, ways of getting these characters to confront their evils. But it is kind of true. Like when you're put in a situation where you truly think you're going to die, are your evils really that evil? Like, is your ex-husband or is your ex-wife or is something from the past truly haunting your present? Probably. But can you get past that, like, to the future? And I really think that even though what she did, well, there's a series of things that she did that were so crazy and unconventional, truly helped these characters get to this, like, place of resolve towards the end um or at least that's what I think personally I feel like probably a lot of viewers got lost like along the way of nine perfect strangers because you're kind of like do we like Masha do we think she's crazy do we think she's off her rocker or do we think she kind of like has an angle and how to heal people um so I kind of was like a Nicole Kidman fan personally yeah, no, uh, I feel like she had 
the best of intentions when you relate it to what she had done to her. Yes. And she curated... Which is a huge part of why she is who she is. Yeah, and she curated these nine perfect strangers based on experiences that she felt that she could help them based on how she helped herself or wanted to help other people. And like you said, it's very experimental. She's kind of like one of those experimental uh, uh, consultants of people for the mind and psyche of everybody that's good um and and you have this novelist that's struggling with people you have a husband wife and sister who are struggling with the death of their son you have somebody who just won the lotto and his girlfriend who is very 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 samara weaving oh my gosh we didn't mention her earlier she uh samara weaving the actress who played uh jessica is um from Hollywood, Hollywood, which we covered earlier this season, and then you also have um, uh, you also have uh, an ex football player. Uh, you also have two other nine perfect strangers. Oh my gosh, Regina Hall, which we oh also yes. didn't mention, Carmel, Carmel. Who, if you're a Regina Hall fan, you'll be like, oh my gosh. I mean, she is so stellar, like. Every movie or TV series that she's in, she's like all these polar dynamics. She's so good. If you're unfamiliar with her, the line that you're most familiar with her from is from one of the scary movies where she's like, I'm a shit in your mouth, or I'm I'm a fart in your mouth and shit on these walls, Ray. We love like the theme of poop tonight. (laughs) I guess so. Call us scat bees. Oh my god. Um, But Regina actually is one of like the biggest characters in this series. And I know. Oh, and then the ninth one is Lars. Played by Luke Evans. Oh, Luke Evans is fine. Those are the nine perfect strangers. Lars is like, oh my god. Luke Evans hasn't been in something, I feel, or at least not something that I've watched, in a really long time. And I was getting, like, vibes from, like, high school. Like, I was getting all hot and steamy seeing him. He was Gaston in the live action. Oh, yeah. He's... Didn't really do it for me. Yeah. Um, Who does it? I mean, he still was, like, fine as hell. But, like, with a name like Gaston, again, we're back to, like, our poop. But Gaston (laughs) is a character. It's like, yeah, no, no. He wasn't gassing me up. No. I'll just say in that movie. Um, But there is, like, a whole other side, kind of like what I mentioned, like, her unconventional conventional practices, which is meditation and kind of like going into psychedelics to confront these evils and she is trying to confront Masha I'm talking about her own evils so she basically died and got brought back to life she was shot by somebody somebody in the resort and cheers we will not tell you we don't, I don't think resort. we should tell you who no, that is because I was not expecting it but just like White Lotus we are confronted with kind of like a game of Clue. And again, I was very much like, <gasps> wow. Why is she doing this? Never would I have thought that someone that actually hurt little old Masha was in, was in the cast. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give that away. I think that's too precious. Well, without giving anything else away, 
what were your top three highlights? Oh, okay. So um, I feel like a focal point of at least the beginning of Nine Perfect Strangers, they're all trying to get to know each other. They're like, oh, wow, cool. There's a family. And they're going through, like, you know, the death of their son. But it doesn't seem... They're, like, stuck in time. There's, you know, a a honeymoon, newlywed couple in that phase. Just like in White Lotus. Um, And there's, like, all these, like, weird characters, too. Like, all the characters that are, quote, unquote, single are, like, seen as, like, oh, my God, like, who the F are they? Yeah. They're, like, demented or they're crazy or, you know, like, all these, like, words are being used. But they all come together and sit down for these, like, it seems like the Last Supper, like, these dinners Mm -hmm. and these breakfasts at these long tables. And you watch these people, like, come together because they realize that they're being basically, like, drugged. So they're all coming together to be like, what the F? But then through being drugged, and I feel like they're all kind of seeing like the inner workings of it actually kind of working in a way. Um, And we can get into like, you know, what they're seeing and doing through like them hallucinating basically. But... Why don't you give us an example? That's my next highlight. Perfect. Um, But you just see them come together in ways that like... Literally, nine perfect strangers would never do. You know, you put nine strangers together, you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this dinner? Or let alone like a breakfast where there's no alcohol involved. Well, also, they're going to want to just get to know each other on like a, a superficial level. Yeah. So once they break these barriers, which is also really helped by the drugs, because they're basically always like tripping. Tripping. Um, I just love seeing that because you're like watching them literally trip out in different ways but the ways that they bond with each other it's kind of like a flight or fight situation maybe in the beginning they're all like oh i would never talk to you in real life but because it's like every man for himself they're like we have to bond together because we don't know what the f is going on and i just love these beautiful scenes at like a dinner and breakfast table where like people are really coming together in so many different ways but yeah so one of these amazing, like, hallucinogenic moments is when the daughter... So, like, Ryan mentioned, there's a family that is mourning the death of a son. And it's actually the twin of uh, the daughter. And her name is... I love her so her much. Her name is uh, Zoe. Zoe. And the son's name... Is, um... Zach. Or, wait. Yeah. Zach? Zach. So, uh, in this moment, she is, like, going to this childlike state, and all of a sudden, there's bubbles everywhere. And there's workers at White, or on Tranquillum House, and these workers, like, try to enhance the experiences, or they're, like, experienced curators mm-hmm. of these trips. So, I do believe that it's, like, them blowing these bubbles or making these huge bubbles But she's, like, in this open field with bubbles around her. And I just feel like she's brought back to the state of euphoria of, like, a playful moment. And she sees her brother. And they connect. And it's in moments like that, which I'll go into my next highlight. Masha lost someone very close to her, too. 
And I feel like in her hallucinogenic moments, she becomes very playful and remembers um, her daughter who she lost at a young age. And they were being very playful again. um, And there was like a horrible accident. But I just feel like that's how I get when I like hallucinate. Like, and I think some people really do go back to like a childlike playful state and they just kind of escape the realism of what they're going through and enter like you know, like something that's fun and carefree and light and energetic. And uh, these moments are so trippy to watch because the like way they're being filmed and the colors and the angles makes you really feel like you're kind of tripping out. Just like the intro (laughs) to Nine Perfect Strangers. And maybe we can like somehow play like a little bit of that. That could be our uh, next commercial. Yes, because it is a trip to watch and hear. Um, So I just think... Bringing nine perfect strangers, they're not perfect, they're imperfect, but I feel like... They are perfect for each other. They are perfect for each other and what they're all going through during the time. Mm -hmm. And then just these, like, amazing, some of them are not so amazing, trips that these characters have, but I I wanted to focus on my highlights being, like, the positive trips that some of these characters had. What about you, Rye? Um... Well, before I go into that, do you want to say anything else about Masha and the daughter and the ninth perfect stranger, or... Um... Should that be something that the TVBs... I feel like that's something the TVBs... It's, like, such a huge spoiler. Yeah. Usually I would love to be like, F it, but this is, like, such a special thing to this show, and I feel like if we give this to you, you guys probably won't want to watch it. I feel you. (laughs) I feel you. Um, my highlights, okay, so I'm going to go in depth on, I believe it's episode three, entitled Earth Day, but basically, Earth Day is when she doesn't even give them smoothies. She might give them one smoothie at the beginning of the day, but throughout the rest of the day, they have to live off of the earth, and... Oh, yeah, oh my god. And... At the end of the day, people are going through revelations and they are going through these moments of despair and desperation because they do not have... Despair and desperation are just synonymous, aren't they? They They are just desperate to find anything that they can to eat. Yeah. And then... At the end of the episode, this magical goat comes out of nowhere. And he's not really magical, but to somebody who hasn't eaten in 24 hours, anything walking on legs that's not a human looks really fucking tantalizing. (laughs) And they bring, they slaughter this goat, and they bring this goat back to the house like, this is what we're going to eat tonight, and Masha simply says good job but then Masha says at the end of the episode all by herself something along the lines of I'm going to miss you or she has like this completely non-verbal breakdown either way she's you realize that this is her pet Mm -hmm. this is her thing even though they don't have a sexual relationship this is the gorilla to Norma Desmond's mm. gorilla in Sunset Boulevard. Like, yes. this is the animal that they are most connected to. Yes. And uh, 
I feel like it's a brilliant acting moment from Nicole Kidman being able to express distress against this animal without them knowing that it is her animal and not a wild she really does have a lot of like outbursts yeah (laughs) she does um but also i you know if you were to trap me somewhere without food i don't care whose chicken that is a hundred percent that chicken is going to be in my belly and I only want the dark meat to be completely <laughs> honest with you y'all can fight over the, the breast. chicken breast you, you can have the chicken breast I just want like the thigh or the leg please it is a little bit more tender and a little bit more moist uh, my second highlight is uh, Ben who won the lottery and his relationship mm-hmm. with Jessica his wife played by uh, Samara Uh, Weaving. Weaving. Uh, There's this conversation that they have when they're lying in bed, and it's about him being worth so much and them being together before he even won the lottery, and her talking about how unattractive she feels. And when it comes right down to it, if you look her up, she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show, like, how much mental health can go into your physical being. And the reason that I brought this up as a highlight of mine is because, um, like, I'm going through, like, severe skin issues right now where I'm dealing with um, rosacea and eczema in various parts of my body. And patients ask me often, oh, are you... Did you did you go skiing? Somebody asked me to. No, I have a skin issue. Oh. But then here's this person without any imperfections mm-hmm. and is doubting themselves. And that just goes as a highlight of how people can feel about themselves without anybody's input. Um, yeah, like they show the mirror of her. Like she's an unflawed person. Mm-hmm. She's be- completely beautiful flawless um and then she's looking in the mirror and she sees like basically herself with no nose or like some scab or something on her nose it's like something as simple as a pimple makes you feel like you're something yeah and she's like there's truly nothing there but in her mind it's everything and it's focusing on that one imperfection and blemish and that was like a huge highlight to me because it's like it highlighted something that I'm well aware of, but I didn't understand the other side of it. Yeah. Um, my last but most favorite highlight is um, Lars and Yao, and I don't have a single moment to pinpoint, but I just appreciated them being on my screen. Oh my god, they are just like beautiful humans. <laughs> also, I appreciated who Lars's character was at the end of the day as somebody who is um, unraveling the truth. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated Yao, who is probably the least problematic staff member. And they all had, well, not Luke Evans' character, but Yao his girlfriend and somebody else had a relationship with 
Masha, mm-hmm. which is so wild to me. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, this really sexy, like, scene with Yao and his girlfriend and Masha all at different points. And they're not all at the resort either. No. Um, but with Luke Evans, I... Oh, missed that one. I loved how, like, he went there to uncover a truth, but found a truth about himself, which mm-hmm. is that he does want to be a father. Yeah. Um, and does want to be loved and express love and find love. And he does go back to his partner at the end. And it, everyone came full circle. Whether, like, fully, eventually, completely, but bravo. So, like, we all have our highlights, but who was your favorite character throughout that series? Um, my favorite character... Hmm... Would have to be, um, Tony. So that was the football player, mm-hmm. um, who dated Melissa, what was her name? Uh-huh. Francis. Yes. I, I just feel like he came in to, he was like one of the most changed, maybe like top three changed characters. He came in there with like. You know, this is my last resort. Literally, <laughs> this is my last. Oh my god! <laughs> my last resort in terms of I am recovering from trauma, addiction. My family, daughters, whole life has been turned around, and this is like my last chance at finding like some sort of peace. He wanted to like end his life. He wanted to, well, he's like on a roller coaster the whole like time he was at this retreat, but I do feel at the end he found true happiness because he was finally able to forgive himself and his past and focus on a new future with Francis, um, which only led to like a really, truly happy ending for him, which was being clean and sober and reconnecting with his family. Um, And he's hot as hell, let me just say. Bobby Cannavale. Mm, that sounds He's about right. He's married to or dating. Oh my gosh! I'll find out. I'll fact Rose check. Rose Byrne. Yes. Are they married or just? They are partners. Partners. They've been partners since 2012. I love but her. She was in Get Him to the Greek. Uh, she made her screen debut in Dallas Doll and. Was Dorme and star of uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. And oh. Dorme is one of, like, the primary characters of that. Go um, off. But, yes, um, that is my favorite character. Nice. Hands down. Mine, even though it wasn't... She was never my favorite character until the last episode, but I understood everything that she was doing, and Masha is actually my favorite character. Oh, wow. What do you think, and spoiler alert, because I'm uh, heading to the end, what do you think uh, the ending truly meant for Masha? Do you think she finally reached peace, or do you think she was just high as hell? I felt like she reached peace for what she accomplished within that task. But I don't feel like she truly reached 
the highest level of Masha that Masha wanted to reach. Is Masha going to be in the second season? Or I certainly hope so. I've, are they bringing in a whole new nine? Because nobody got know? arrested. Masha did, but then she was released because I don't think they had any, like, physical proof that this did anything. Well, harm. like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody actually is, like, charged with no. anything. Nobody got, like, Mm-mm. is, like, jailed up. No. Only Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> and the goat. We don't know where he is. Oh, that goat's been eaten, eaten. Um... Okay, so those so are with, our favorite characters. So with that said, do you want to figure out via this quiz which character we are? I would love to know. And I'm also slightly concerned. Why don't you go ahead and narrate the quiz for us? Oh my god, there's 30? <laughs> we'll have to go for this. Fast. Okay. What is your strength? Dedication. Discipline. Creativity. Trustworthiness. Creativity. I'm going to say... Dedication. What is your biggest fear? Being alone without family or friends. Not being successful financially. My greatest fear is to have no more fear. Not believing in myself. Uh, Not being successful financially. I'm going to say being alone. What makes you really angry? Liars and lies. Abusive parents. Screaming children. Bad manners. Uh, bad manners. I'm going to say liars and lies. I feel like we're, this is our own therapy session. (laughs) I'm Masha right now. What makes you laugh the most? Sarcastic jokes, watching a stand-up comedian on TV, reading a comic book, seeing someone making fun of someone else. Mm, Seeing somebody making fun of someone else. I'm going to say watching a stand-up comedian. If you could do anything for a day, what would it be? Working, playing games, traveling, doing sports. Playing games. I would travel, doing sports. <laughs> would you rather ride a bike, ride a horse, drive a car, walk? Walk. Walk, same. <laughs> what type of music do you listen to? Rock, pop, classical, electronic. Pop. I'm going to say rock. What would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, vacuum the house? Vacuum the house. I'm going to say wash dishes. Can you do mine? (laughs) I feel like I would just stay doing that. What is your favorite food? Meat, pasta, milk, vegetables. Pasta. I'm sorry, milk? (laughs) I'm going to say pasta as well. Have you ever had a nickname? What is it? Babyface, Champ, Lava, Thunder. None of those, but uh, I guess Raipai is like the equivalent to Babyface. I'm going to say Thunder. Because <laughs> I pack the heat. And you got those thighs. Thunder thighs. <gasps> oh. Hi, baby. A rare Flint sighting. Do you like or dislike surprises? I like them. Uh, I hate surprises. What is your weakness? Discipline, patience, determination, enthusiasm. Patience. Discipline. What do you do in the evenings? Visit friends, play games, watch movies, read books. Uh, watch movies. I'm going to say visit friends. Where is your ideal vacation? Hawaii, Egypt, boat cruising, Budapest, Vienna, Prague. Boat cruising. I'm going to say Hawaii only because... Per our last 
show. How many days would you live on a deserted island? Well, I feel like I, you wouldn't get to choose that, but I would die the first day. I would last several months. I would live several years. I would live all my life. I feel like I could do a few years. I would say, yeah, several years. What would you do with infinite money and poverty? Buy expensive clothes. I think they mean clothes. They Buy most clothes. beautiful cars. I wouldn't use them. Uh... I'd probably buy clothes and then go on a vacation. I would end poverty. Um, but also buy me some ish. How would your friends describe you? Ooh, let's answer this for each other. Okay. Funny, smart, loyal, and strong. I would say that you are loyal. I was going to say loyal for you, too. You're all of those things, but... You are most definitely loyal. What are your hobbies? Traveling, doing sports, cooking, reading books. Mine is cooking. I would say traveling. What is your favorite pet? Dog, cat, parrot, fish. Cat. I love you, Flint, but I love dogs, but they just make too much noise for my apartment. (laughs) What form of public transportation do you prefer? Air, boat, train, car. Train. Car. What is your favorite zoo animal? Lion, giraffe, monkey, bear. Ooh. Monkey. I'm going to go with giraffe. What do you like most in school? Math, language, sports, art. Art. I'm going to go with art as well. Almost there. What if you had... Oh, if you had a warning label, what would yours say? Stop drinking, stop working, stop lying, stop fighting. Stop drinking. Stop drinking. (laughs) (laughs) If you could join any past or current music group, which would you want to join? Queen, The Beatles, Nirvana, Prodigy. Nirvana. I'm going to say Queen. Because Nirvana also encapsulates the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anthony Kiedis was the drummer for And... Just rock to the core. How many languages do you speak? One, One, four, three, or two? One. Who knows you the best? Your mom, your partner, your friend? Nobody but yourself. Your friend. Your partner. Or at least I'd hope to think so. What possessions would you keep? Family photos, photos of you, books, wedding ring. Uh... Books. Probably wedding ring, just in case I need to trade it in. What age do you feel the best? 71 or 30? Well, uh, since 30? I'm not 71 yet. I'm going to go with 30. What is your favorite drink? Water, wine, beer, whiskey. Uh, I'm going to say water wine. out of all of them. What's the best way to start the day? Coffee, sports, laying in bed, eating a healthy breakfast. Laying in bed. Laying in bed. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Go ahead and read yours, Gigi. I am Masha. Okay, do you want to know who you are? Yeah. Or do you want to guess? How about you guess? You have three chances. Um, I'm going to say Masha, 
<laughs> Ryan A has to drink, and you are Francis. I am Francis. It doesn't give us a description why, but if you could describe why you were given Francis, let's hear it. Well, if I were given Francis, which I was, I would say that it's because I am a writer. I also am a little bit conflicted at all times, no matter my mood, and I have a little bit of a need for love. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, Masha, I'm a natural born leader. <laughs> I am strong and determined and just recently through the pandemic realized I don't need to put up with SHIT from anyone. Um, but also I like to be very free and open to potentially going on fun trips to resorts or um, the recluse, if you will. And I think fighting demons by uh, putting one foot in front of the other every day. There you go. And you can catch me on season two. <laughs> Potentially. So, but I really do think that Masha and Francis and the football player are like top three. Yeah. Like, in terms of billing, absolutely. And in terms mm -hmm. of like character power, however... I feel like it's okay to have underdog characters such uh, as Luke Jessica Evans. or oh. yeah. Luke Evans is up there somewhere. In Regina Hall, obviously, for many reasons. So we're going to go ahead and link both quizzes. You let us know who you came up with, and we will be right back with our final thoughts and ratings of each King and Queen B. See you at the resort, ya bees. Cheers. As promised, that is the uh, theme song to Nine Perfect Strangers. So eerie. I know, right? Uh, without anything else, Gina, do you have any supplemental media references you can reference our TVBs to? I definitely think it would be noteworthy if you are a fan of Nine Perfect Strangers to check out the book that the show is based upon um, and just find out for yourself what you liked better. I kind of always feel like maybe this is just me, but I always feel like the book 
is so much better than either movie and or series or any adaptation um, from a book or novel because like in your mind you're portraying these characters in certain ways but when you watch something visually that decision's already been made for you so I think it'd be super interesting to read Nine Perfect Strangers um, and visualize these characters on your own without the show and also something I just found randomly um so I think we all are very much aware of Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop company and these two shows specifically I would say Nine Perfect Strangers focus on the health and wellness industry and I kind of feel like it's poking some holes into what like we're supposed to believe this industry is helping us do and this podcast called Poog, the opposite of Goop, which I think is really funny, is two women around our age that basically are looking at every health and wellness or nutritional trend that we're supposed to be made to believe is healthy for us. So that could be plant-based foods, um, non-meat products, uh, milk. I think there's this new brand called Milk, like M-Y-L-K. Oh, God. And so they're just literally, and there's so many shows like this, too, on Netflix and other platforms that are just taking a stab at also different, like, trends, different diets, different outside of foods, like, potentially even different, like, drugs you can take, whether that's over-the-counter or, you know, from the forest. So I just think it's it's funny to kind of look at Nine Perfect Strangers in a different light and be like, wow, like, are we just made to think that, like, by doing this diet, we're going to seek perfection? Because then once we don't reach that, whether it's on our scale or, like, Samara Weaving's character looking, like, in the mirror at her face, and she, like, sees that one blemish, and it really looks like her nose has fallen off, but it's just, like a tiny little like pimple um you know it's like what are we really like made to believe um and is like nut-based milk really better for us than whole milk like do we really know the answer but I think this podcast could be fun if you're looking for just like a few laughs on your way to work because I feel like we all have been like macadamia nut milk after like, I mean, I love oat milk, but you're, I feel like in the beginning it was soy, it was almond milk, it was, and you're like, wow, that's different. And now we're like oat and macadamia and all these other things that are like coming out on the regular. Well, like the thing is, as a child, I loved rice milk, aka orchata. Yeah. Mm, However, so I am not going to love orchata inside of my coffee unless it is made by Starbucks and it's made with whole milk and flavored with cinnamon syrup. Yes. Like, I get it and I understand that it's a necessity because of people's uh, dietary beliefs, wants, or past regrets, but (laughs) for me, it's like, you know what? Drinking milk isn't slaughtering anybody, and if they're being raised to yeah. not milk calves, 
Yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, it's a part of the evolutionary cycle of consumption. It's almost like the goat being brought back for dinner. It's like... Like, I haven't tried an oat milk, an almond milk, uh Oh my gosh, you haven't? Anything that I like. Oh, that you liked. Okay. Like, I love cow's milk. Mm-hmm. I love cow's milk. He loves And I love cows. But at the end of the day, I do not love steak. I don't necessarily love hamburger. I love meat from pigs. I love meat from calves, which are baby cows, but they are not able to uh, milk at that point. I love... uh, I love I love wild game. I love duck. I love dark meat chicken thighs. I love dark meat. Uh, we could have our own health and wellness podcast. And like there's this like person that I follow called like Animal MD or uh, Carnivore MD. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he basically tells you why it's good to consume animal products because at the end of the day, I have a lot of GI issues and a supplement that you can take from him has all of the organs of the GI mm-hmm. of grass-fed and organically-fed animals and that'll help repair you. So I do see how being a part of the evolutionary cycle of consumption is a benefit. However, I do feel like it needs to be done ethically. Totally. It has to be done ethically. Like I do not like eating things from, uh, places that are like foster farms where it's just like a plant it's just like a pen mm-hmm. packed full of yeah a plant yeah it's just a plant and everybody is every chicken is yeah anytime you hear like manufactured you're like maybe i should not do that <laughs> yeah like i only buy hot dogs that are ethically made by now and I I love a hot dog everyone I know I'm like immediately thinking of Costco (laughs) because their samples are back but I think overall like if you guys have any type of supplemental is if it's a podcast a book anything that like screams to you after watching both of these shows I mean to me after Nine Perfect Strangers immediately because I have the book I'm like okay I want to read it myself um, because I didn't get to read it on the plane. So um, let us know because I feel like there's so many different things that are explored in both of these shows that I would love for White Lotus, like what your feelings are like post-show. Like what do you want to explore or not explore? Because I would love to take a trip to a resort. Um, Just saying. Not the resort word. <laughs> With that being said, it's time for the my Every second favorite part. Every single episode, we do our King Queen and Queen Bee, and I feel like because these shows are so 
deeply connected within each other. We just need to choose one king bee and one queen bee from each show, and we each just choose one, regardless of the show. Yes, okay. Do you want to go first, Fry? My king bee is definitely Quinn, because Mm. he was able to find his own royalty within himself, and he was able to find exactly what he was trying to find in himself on a trip that he was not trying to go on, and was able to just, like, manifest his own destiny, and that is kingly shit. Like, you just, you just find what you're scared of, and you rile that shit up until it becomes something of a smoothie that you want to drink. He also, like, was really one of the only characters that confronted his own evils, which was really just, like, talking to people Mm -hmm. and actually being heard. Yeah. You know, all it took was for him to be like, hey, guys. And, like, he found this new community and family of people that accepted him for just being him, like, goofy, quirky nerdy whatever like he just is who he is and his family couldn't accept him never took him seriously legitimately kicked him to the curb without truly kicking him to the curb because he was on the sand but he stood up for himself and was like f that i deserve more and better and my queen bee i know i haven't spoken much of her but it's been a uh tactic of mine to delude you all. <laughs> but my queen bee is actually Carmel. My oh, queen interesting. bee is Carmel because she was never afraid to say what she was thinking, say what she was trying to do, but you also didn't realize who she was until mere moments before the end of Nine Perfect Strangers and uh, at the end of the day, I respect a woman that is tactile. All I'm going to say is hashtag color contacts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Quinn and Carmel, you are my uh, king bee and queen bee. and Super interesting choices. And yes, that was a... Threw me for a loop, your queen bee. Um, but Regina Hall, honestly, is so powerful, so and she's great. Um, Everything that she did strangers. makes sense at the end of the day. Yes. That's all I'll say. Because okay. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. Um, my King Bee, I've already said, is the character of Tony. Um, he's so fine to me, but also I think in, is literally like top three of characters that like confronted their demons head on and succeeded to achieve greatness, happiness, and um, bonding with, you know, people that were lost from his life. And I'm going to say Queen Bee is probably Jessica Coolidge's character in uh, White Lotus, or Jennifer, yeah, in White Lotus, because she makes the show. Like, she makes that first season. She's comical, yet somewhat real. Um... She's just, like, you can't not enjoy watching her. Uh, And just literally every scene, she is the main focal point of that scene. From the way she walks and talks and just her mannerisms. Um, She's just one bad bee, but not 
like a Carmel. Carmel. She's like a bad bee, like watch them hips sway. <laughs> and I feel like with Carmel for me, it's more like a everything happened because of you. Mm-hmm. And Coolidge is more like I am who I am and I am unapologetically that. <laughs> that be that be at the resort at the resort so, so with that said what are your ratings and because <gasps> it is a two-part we are going to both two times at the count of three two one white lotus ratings whether it's b plus b or b minus one okay. two three b plus b plus uh, nine perfect strangers. Three, two, one. One, two, three. B. B. Okay. Okay. I feel like in reasoning, White Lotus, I just liked more. Um, maybe it was because we watched it first. Um, maybe it was because I connected more with the characters, and it was more like I'm on the edge of my seat, and it's super fun and intriguing, and a bit more comical. Um. In a way, but Nine Perfect Strangers, I said B because I feel like it's just not quite there yet. I was wanting like something else. Like, I, yeah. and believe me, a lot of stuff happens. Um, I was just searching for something that I wasn't given, and I'm not quite sure what that is. I felt like for me, White Lotus was very concise mm-hmm. and we were able to understand who everybody was and with Nine Perfect Strangers I felt like it was a struggle to understand who everybody was and not only that but it was also a struggle to understand what everybody's storyline was whereas with White Lotus everything was set up and I'm not sure if it's because of episode count or whatnot, but Nine Perfect Strangers just felt a little bit more drawn out than everything else. Yes. But one thing that I have to say is that when you catch us for the next TVB's episode, it is going to be something that's drawn out, but every single episode has its own storyline that Mm -hmm. makes everything flow together perfectly, and I would love... To introduce our next episode, and we are going to have another bees buzz in between then. Yes. But I promise it won't be six months before the next TV <laughs> bees because season three is going to start this. Uh, TV bees season three is going to start this summer with a concept that you guys will absolutely love. But for the finale episode. Ooh. We are going to be doing clickbait. Ah, so good, and I'm so excited. Clickbait you will find on Netflix. Yes. And it is 10 episodes long, so we're going to give you about a day, weeks to go through it, and uh, we will see you there. In the meantime, Go ahead and log on to 
Nine Perfect Strangers, White Lotus, Arbon, and Pink Zebra, and figure out what it is that you like about this episode that you want in your life. Oh, and in the meantime, while you become your own clickbait, not in the way of the show we'll be discussing, but in a hot way, a hot and sexy way, check out our merch line. We have joggers, we have hats, we have cat merchandise, we have dog merchandise. Baby merch. Baby merch. Anything you could possibly want, we have it. All in the convenience of one click away, and why don't you want to look comfy on that couch? At the end of the day, you're going to feel like you're at a resort. In your new joggers. in our new joggers or merchandise. See you soon, you bees. Uh, again, I am Ryan. And I am Gina. And these are the things that make us the TVBs. Bye, you bees.